hey, just try it. Let the data tell you. If it sucks, turn it off after 10 bucks. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome back to episode number 69 of Perpetual Traffic. We got the gang back in town. Well, not really in town, but we're all virtual talking to each other via the Skypes. And uh, we're going to be talking about some, uh, some stuff a lot of you are asking a lot of questions about. And it's really all about how to structure a high converting Facebook campaign. Yeah. Hey, Keith, but before we dive into it, I think there is a celebration in order mm-hmm. for us and with our awesome listeners. What is it? Something yeah. about downloads? Yeah. We hit one million downloads yesterday. yesterday. You say that like Dr. Rebel? One million downloads. <laughs> one million downloads. We're on our way to one billion downloads. Wow. Yeah. Nice job, guys. Yeah. Thank you, the listener, because, wow. Like we've said over and over again, this is the most exciting part of our week, all three of us, I think. So we get so giddy when we get on the on the Skypes. It's, it's pretty funny. One of these days, we're just going to have to let the pre-recording play. <laughs> so you can hear all the behind the scenes. Get on the Skypes talking about the Facebooks. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many things happening right now with the world of traffic, digital marketing and Facebook ads. And, and really, we're, we're here to, to teach you about Really back to why we call it perpetual traffic, because it's it's really the more mature these platforms get, the more it's all about having a system, a system in place where you're perpetually warming people up, building new audiences, building new fans, generating new leads, generating new customers, and then building brand advocates with your campaigns. So today we're going to get back to the basics. And this is important because Facebook changes, the algorithm changes, and there's a lot of questions about campaign structures and campaign objectives and ad sets and split testing and all that stuff, audience size. So if you've been wondering about any of those things, pay close attention. You know, let's get right into it. So Molly, what are some of the questions that you're getting in the DM Engage group? Yeah, I think a lot of this comes down to campaign structure. You know, there's a lot that goes into a Facebook ad campaign and it's it's confusing. We actually had some members of the Facebook product team at the office earlier and they were asking us, you know, what's confusing about our platform? How can we get more advertisers to use the platform? And a big part of the discussion was on the campaign structure and all of the elements that make up a campaign. So we figured this would be a a great episode to cover um, and really break it down for you guys. And even if you're advanced, I think you'll get a lot out of this. So most of you know, you know, when you're setting up a Facebook ad campaign, whether it's an ads manager or power editor, there are really three parts to it. There's the overarching campaign. So you're setting up this campaign and and really the only thing you need to define at the campaign level is the objective. You need to name the campaign something and you need to define the objective. So you really need to tell Facebook what is the goal of the campaign. And I know we touch on this a lot, but it's one of the biggest mistakes that we see people make because their objectives aren't aligning with their actual goal for the campaign. So, you know, Facebook has different objectives like boost your posts, promote your page, reach people near your business, increase brand awareness, send people to your website, raise attendance to your events, increase conversions on your website. There are 15 different objectives now. So it can get a little bit confusing. But that's really the only decision that you have to make 
at the campaign level, but it drives everything. If you screw up on the objective, the rest of the campaign is probably going to go to hell because Facebook's going to optimize for something that you don't want. I mean, it's the biggest thing that we get a question on as well. And I think this is something that we always reiterate to people because it is so confusing. It was confusing a year ago and it's even more confusing now. And if you throw on top of that, if you go right into the ads manager and you say create campaign, then on top of the header that runs across the ads manager, there's another thing that you have to pick on, which is either auction or reach and frequency. So it gets really, really confusing. So, I mean, just to keep things simple, I would say in 90 plus percent of the campaigns that we run, because we're typically, I mean, we're a direct response agency. So we're getting a result, an ROI, a cost per acquisition, something, you know, from cold traffic. In most cases, we use increased conversions to your website. But when we say, use website conversions as your objective. Technically, it's really not an objective anymore. It was an objective last year. So we even have to check ourselves because uh, the ads manager updates so frequently. And I would say in the majority of cases, unless it's a very specific circumstance, we choose auction, which is that top part to it, which is bid to reach your audience for the lowest possible price. There's another one, which is reach and frequency, which we sometimes use in special cases, an entirely different episode on that. But keeping things simple, increase conversions to your website and with auction. Unless you really have a message that you're married to and an ad that you know you're going to run and you want to get locked in on a price, you always use auction. Reach and frequency is really there, again, when you have a big budget, a big branding campaign, something that you know is going to work and you don't want to go into the auction. You you want a fixed price for the entirety of the campaign. So I agree, we almost always use auction. And really back to the objectives, you know, we're not going to go through everyone on this episode, but really really think about what is the goal of your campaign. You know, if you're trying to go out to a cold audience that's never heard of you before and you just want to introduce yourself and get your message in front of them, give them value, then an ad for video views or an ad to send people to your website, to a blog post, that's probably the best objective because that's really what you're wanting. But when you get further down the funnel and you're looking, you know, like Ralph said, at generating leads and you're wanting people to take a specific action on your website, you know, that increased conversions on your website campaign is going to outperform the other objectives every time because Facebook knows exactly what you want them to do. And just be aware as well that the power editor and the ads manager, they change the way they look. Facebook is continually updating this. And the reason why they do it purely 100% long-term reason is they're trying to make it simpler. Sometimes it doesn't seem that way because it gets changed, but that's why they make changes. It's because they're making improvements. And so when you go now to create an ad, it looks very similar in the power editor now as, as it did when you used to just create an ad with the ads manager. And so if you go into the power editor and you click create campaign, you're going to see those kind of three categories, awareness, consideration, and conversion. And let's say that your goal is to generate conversions. And you hear us talking about website conversions objective all the time on this, on this podcast. And so you might not even see it up there. You're like, well, where's it at? What the heck? Where'd it go? Well, 
they're, they're talking in terms of benefits that you're trying to accomplish. So if you look at the very top of the list on conversion, and we'll have a screenshot at the show notes, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast, episode number 69. And if you see the third column on conversion, the top of that list is increased conversions on your website. And if you click on that, all you have to do is just scroll down a little bit or look down and you'll see that they have website conversions as the name of that objective. So that's the yeah. actual official name because you're trying to increase conversions. Absolutely. And so if you click send people to your website, you'll look down and then the title of your objective changes to clicks to website. The other thing is if you're in the power editor, you can click create campaign or if there's a little arrow next to create campaign, if you click that drop down, you'll have a couple options. One is create ad set, create ad or quick draft. And if you click quick draft, that actually will bring up the way the power editor has looked for the last couple of years, where you can just quickly name the ad, the ad set and the ad, if that makes any sense. Either way you do it, it doesn't really matter. Quick draft is really the same as create campaign. But if you want to see the way that it looks, because you might see trainings in digital marketer or inside Dominate Web Media, Facebook Ads University, that they look a little different. That's how you can kind of see. I kind of think of a Facebook campaign, like the structure of it, sort of like those Russian nesting dolls. The smaller one goes in the, the one that's a little bit bigger then those both go into the next size doll until you have, you know, like eight dolls inside of this one big doll. And the big doll is the campaign. So there are lots of of different things that live within a campaign. So, you know, really the next step inside of a campaign, once you figure out your objective, you're going to move on to ad sets. So multiple ad sets live within one campaign. And the four things you're going to determine within an ad set are the audience. So all of your targeting, very, very important. So whether it's custom audiences, interests, your location, your age, your gender, all of that targeting information is decided within the ad set. Same thing with your placements. So whether you want to show the ad on Facebook and the newsfeed, right-hand side, Instagram, audience network, all of that's decided at the ad set level. Same thing with budget and schedule. So, you know, whether you want a daily budget, a lifetime budget, if it's lifetime, when you're going to start, when you're going to end, if you're optimizing for conversions, whether it's one day, seven day, all of the bidding, all of this is decided at the ad set level. And I think people get confused because they don't know why they should have multiple ad sets. And this is really when you get into testing. You know, at Digital Marketer, when we're setting up a campaign, you know, we have at least five different ad sets. And the reason we do so is because this is really where we're testing our targeting. I think that's really the the highest leverage variable that you can test inside of a Facebook campaign because usually if your ad is not performing, it has a lot more to do with who you're showing it to, in my opinion. So once we create the campaign, we're going to create at least five ad sets that are targeting different interest groups. And if you want to learn more about you know, how we figure out targeting and, and who you should target, uh, definitely go to episode 30. It's all about ad targeting. And we talk about the research process. We go through the research process and then we create different ad sets 
based off of these different targeting groups. Absolutely. It's fairly similar to AdWords, actually. The AdWords interface is just works slightly different than Facebook, but think about your audiences, your ad sets as your keywords. You know, the most important thing initially is to test different keywords and you want to make sure that you're looking at the same information between all of these keywords. And after a while, after you start getting data, guess what you're going to do? You're going to start testing different versions of the ad copy or the image in that ad. So Facebook is the same way. With all this, as we get into this stuff here, we get into the weeds of ad sets and ads. The number one thing to understand is you have to be very subjective here and take your specific situation and then maybe be nimble a little bit. In some cases, you can't have 20 or 30 ad sets because you're limited to maybe a 50 or $100 budget per day. Or, or maybe you're, you're just starting out and you've got about four to five or six ad sets or targeting groups like Molly mentions. And your budget isn't quite there to be able to test a lot of different images and ad copy, but maybe you start testing one thing at a time. So it just depends. You might have a lot of ad sets. You might have only one or two because you're um, limited or you're limited on time. Right. Those things make a big difference on how you structure things. Right. And if for some reason you don't want to really split test the targeting at the ad set level, you know, you can test different placements. You know, at Digital Marketer, we include all of the placements in each ad set, at least initially, so that we can really test what's working. But, you know, a lot of people are testing placements at the ad set level, or they're testing different bidding methods, right? If you want to figure out if manual or automatic is going to work best for you, just keep in mind when you're creating different ad sets, you really only want to change one variable to test, right? Or it's not a true test. Um, So just make sure everything else is consistent. All of the other variables, your controls are the same throughout the ad sets, but that you're changing one thing like budget or your audience or the way you're bidding. Yeah. And I think that's the most high value test that you can do, especially if you're just starting. Now, maybe for a a more advanced Facebook advertising person, this is probably pretty basic, but that's okay because they probably started this way because the most high value thing that you can test is that interest, that potential reach, that audience that you're trying to to reach. And it might be really diverse. I mean, you might have lots of different interests. You might have a lookalike audience that you create off your email list that you test. And then you test, you know, another audience that is really directly related to your avatar. You know, your avatar lives in that interest, or at least is related to that interest. Those are the things that we get the most high value testing out of. And, you know, very, very differently. I mean, you know, in larger scale customers, um, you know, we will test 30 or 40 interests, you know, individually in, in their own individual ad set. And then we might campaign structure it slightly differently than what we're talking about here so that we can test everything at the ad level. But still, the most high value test we want to find out really early on is what interests, what audiences are the best converting where our message resonates. That's so good. And just to give you guys a little case study, an example on this, the most recent campaign that we launched had eight ad sets. So we were running traffic, a website conversion campaign to our lead magnet to download a customer avatar template. And the different ad sets that we tested, of course, we're we're testing different audiences for each. Uh, So one of them was, you know, a warmer audience. So our email list, people who have visited our website, people that know us 
that have had a touch point with us. That's an audience in itself. Of course, that's always going to perform better. And I always test you know, these ads to our people just to see how they're going to respond. The other audiences, two of them were lookalike audiences. So one of them was a lookalike audience off of our product digital marketer lab. So all of our lab members, I uploaded as a data custom audience, and then I created a lookalike because eventually in this customer avatar funnel, we're trying to sell the product digital marketer lab. So I wanted to create a lookalike audience in the United States of people that are most like lab members. Another lookalike audience that I used was I actually created an audience of the top 5% of people that spend the most time on our website. And we'll talk about that a little bit in next week's episode covering Facebook changes. But you can now create an audience of you know the top 5% of people that are active on your website. Well, I created that audience and then I created a lookalike off of that audience because, you know, I want to reach other people that are most like the people that are spending the most time on our website. So, you know, we had one ad set that was a, a warmer audience, people who have had a touch point with us before. We had two lookalike, one off of, you know, people who had actually purchased the product, another off of people who had visited our site the most frequently. And then the other five audiences that I created were purely off of research, you know, like like we cover in episode 30. I created different groups of interest that all hit a potential audience size of between half a million and two million, but they're all interests. They're different software that these people might be using, events that they would attend, you know, other competitors, other companies that are talking about stuff like market research and how to create your customer avatar. So I created this about three weeks ago. And as of today, two of the eight are turned off. So six of these audiences are actually performing at break even or better. So you can see how important it is to create these different ad sets because what if I would have just created two ad sets and they happen to be those two interest groups that I've already turned off? I would have thought this offer doesn't work or this ad isn't working, but really I just wasn't showing it to the right audience. So just to build off of what Ralph said, it it doesn't have to be just interests that you're targeting. You know, you can throw in custom audiences, test lookalike audiences, but really the key here on the ad set level is we're, we're mainly testing that targeting section. So I got a question that I know somebody might be thinking of right now is, How do you break up your placements then? We leave the placements checked whenever we launch a new campaign other than Instagram and audience network, especially when we're running a website conversion campaign. Historically, we've just never been able to make it work. So I uncheck them because I I don't want it to affect the campaign. But we leave both placements on Facebook checked. And then that's really a part of the optimization process for us. So if I go into these ad sets and I see that one placement is performing um, really poorly, then I'm going to go ahead and turn that off. But I always give it a test to see if, you know, maybe one or both of them will perform. 
So this is a big one that people ask about a lot. And so this is another specific example is you got to take your specific situation because sometimes you'll hear us talking, maybe you'll hear Ralph talking about how, or somebody else that, that runs a lot of traffic, right? For, for clients that they've had for a long time. We'll talk about separating out your mobile uh, traffic in a separate ad set as your desktop traffic, for example, right? But here's the deal. In some cases, you're going to be better off separating those out. But when you start with them all together, and this is how I always start a new campaign as well. I always start with, first of all, it's faster and easier to start with them all together. Right. Second of all, the reporting tells you, you can go into the reporting and they're going to tell Absolutely. you how mobile is doing and how right column is right. doing compared to desktop. And then are, is one getting all the impressions or is one taking right. up 90% or not? Then you can separate them out and you can have mobile as a separate ad set. So maybe you have one audience, yeah. but it's got two ad sets. And in some cases, say they're spending three, 4,000 a day. And they know the audiences, they know that the, that 80% of their traffic and leads and, and the lowest cost per conversions for their, their offers have been in mobile. And so they'll, they'll split them up right at the beginning. So they kind of have more control. But the point is, is that you don't want to just start it out separate if you've never had them together, because then sometimes Facebook actually will work better if, if you put them all together. Facebook's algorithm is so smart. I just think it's better to start broad and then break them out later if you want to get in there and spend more time doing it. Yeah, totally. And that's, it's just the simplest way to start. And uh, you know, the advanced people are listening on this is probably like, well, I, I did that a long time ago, but now I know that my campaigns only convert in mobile, just what Keith was saying. And, and case right. in point, it's so market specific. Absolutely. But you got to let the data tell you. So when totally. we start with a customer, we will start with three separate campaigns, three separate placements. So we figure out really quickly and then structure it the way that Molly's talking about with individual interests. And then, you know, usually individual ads inside individual ad sets. But the point is, is that we separate stuff out because we've got larger budgets. So we can figure out really quickly what works, mobile, desktop, or right-hand column. Because we deselect Instagram, we deselect audience network, especially for website conversion campaigns. But then we look at that data and we say, okay, what's converting? Oh, I shut off all my right-hand column ads. Oh, my desktop are producing lots of sales, but not as many leads. My mobile is creating tons of leads. So then when we create our next campaign, maybe for another offer, we'll start with maybe mobile if the goal is just yes. for leads. So we let the data dictate to us because when you separate everything out, you actually see it all. And Facebook, although to Keith's point, when you bunch them all together, I do think there is a synergistic effect. I think the right-hand column feeds the mobile and then desktop helps as well. But, totally. the, but the point is, is that you got to look at your data and you can really do that very easily by clicking inside the ads manager and just going over to breakdown breakdown yeah ralph i love you know after we launch a campaign we'll let all of these ad sets run for a week and then the first thing i'm gonna do is hit that breakdown button because yep. the numbers probably aren't gonna be exactly what you want right off the bat that's okay you're getting data then you hit that breakdown button and you can see everything, you know, age, gender, uh, country, region, platform, placement, time of day. That's where the optimization happens. So you're, you're letting the data dictate what you should do. But when you're first starting, go wide, you know, let Facebook kind of do it on its own. And then let the data decide and really look at your conversion metrics and what's most important for you. In most cases, it's going to be a website conversion or a lead or whatever it happens to be. So let that uh, dictate what you do next steps. I do think it's important to mention, though, when you are creating your campaigns, like we were talking about, 
you know, you set up your campaign, the largest, uh, what is it called? A Russian doll. (laughs) Yeah. Nesting (laughs) doll. Nesting doll. And then your second one is the ad set. Make sure that everything is the same inside that ad set. And people ask us this a lot is, yeah, the interest, the detailed targeting, as they call it, you want to pick, you know, one detailed targeting interest or maybe a custom audience or a lookalike audience like Molly had mentioned. But you want to keep your your countries the same. Yes. So your locations, like you could do maybe, you know, United States, Canada, United Kingdom, New Zealand, Australia. But if you know that your market is primarily in the United States, just pick United States for all those ad sets. Just keep it simple to start and then expand out your international domination later. Yes. And then you can look at that. You can break it down by country after you have a little bit of data and you're like, oh, no, Canada is really expensive. I'm going to turn that off across all of these ad sets or just in this one. You know, all of these are are little living creatures. Yeah. <laughs> like there's not one way to optimize each ad set. You really have to look at what's working and do more of that. And what's not working, you need to stop. And sometimes the whole ad set's just screwed up, right? That's why two of the ad sets of the campaign I've been referencing are turned totally off. I couldn't save them. Like nothing was working. And then the others, you know, I turned off some placements. I maybe, you know, changed the age range, like little bitty optimization points that will help you scale. Okay, before we hit the creative stuff, real quick, audience size, because I know we've covered this before, but I just want to touch on it for a minute or two because this is a question that always comes up. You guys say 500,000 to 2 million is your audience size, but I'm only in Australia or I'm local. So first of all, if you're leveraging Facebook's algorithm and you're using the proper objective, for example, if you're driving traffic to a download page where they opt in and you're using website conversions, every single time that you generate a conversion, Facebook is getting smarter and smarter. The one thing we know is that Facebook's algorithm in general does better when you have Uh, larger audiences and more conversions. The more data that you have, the better it can optimize for you. So if you have a brand new campaign, you don't know what any audiences are and how they're going to be working and you don't have any data on your conversion pixel, then having a humongous audience isn't going to be as effective for you as somebody that's already generated 3000 conversions. So just understand that you know, at the beginning, starting out small is okay because you want to see how all these different audiences do compared to each other. But as you generate more conversions and more data, Facebook will actually work better if they have a bigger audience and they've got some time to, to go out and put your ad in front of the best people inside that audience. So if you have a 2 million person audience and you're using website conversions and you've generated quite a few conversions, they're not putting your ad in front of all 2 million people. They're only placing it in front of the best 10% or 20% of those people that have similar interests and behaviors as the people that are converting on your pixel every single day. So, you know, if you're local and if you're geo-targeted or if you're in a smaller country, you're probably not going to be able to go that big, 2 million. In your case, maybe it's a 100,000 to 500,000 is your sweet spot because you're in a smaller country. So just realize that the more data you have, it tends to work better with bigger audiences as long as it's targeted, right? For a smaller audience, like what you're talking about, 100,000 to 200,000 people is a large audience. Let's admit it. But in our terms, I mean, it's sort of on the very, very low end. Like that might be a website custom audience or a custom audience. But when you're going local, like what Keith's talking about, you really have to get your ad 
to do the lion's share of the work by calling out that avatar, calling out that pain point, that desire that they want. You know, if you're a local gym, you have to hit on a pain point specifically, stay within the terms of service of Facebook, of course, but you can't really target, you know, people who just like to exercise or like Pilates and are between 25 and 34. If your radius around your gym is 10 miles, you got to go wider. And then call people out, like we call dog whistle call out, in your copy with your offer, a really good offer, a good hook, which we refer back to in episode 43. Definitely listen to that one about crafting the perfect offer or optimizing and crafting the perfect offer with Ryan. Um, but the point is, is that, yeah, you, you've got to get that ad to do the heavy lifting here. And, um, you know, targeting is all a part of that. But I guess that leads right into our next step, which is the ad creative itself. If you have a question, a lot of times we're we'll like, oh, should I, I found an audience that looks pretty cool. It could be pretty, pretty awesome, but it's, it's three and a half million. Should I, should I try that or not? Yeah. Don't even ask, just yeah. try it. I mean, we have clients that are generating thousands of conversions and, and there's some audiences that are 20 million people or 30 that are some of the best audiences because they've got so many conversions on their pixel. So, hey, just try it. Let the data tell you. If it sucks, turn it off after 10 bucks. Yep, exactly. We still say 500,000 to 2 million is really the sweet spot, but that doesn't mean you're going to try outside that. Absolutely. There's two other things that you got to be careful of when you're putting in detailed targeting uncheck the expand interest when it may increase conversions at a lower cost per conversion. That's like a little thing that they're now adding in this, uh, which we can talk about with updates, which is going to be the next episode. So make sure that's unchecked. And also make sure that if you are using website conversions in your optimization and delivery section, the conversion window is one day. We've tested yes. this extensively and seven days works okay if your conversion happens after a certain period of time. It's not immediate, but if you're running you know, traffic right to a lead generation campaign or maybe to a coupon offer if you're a local business, you want Facebook to optimize within the first 24 hours. So make sure that conversion window one day is checked because right now it's defaulting to seven days. Uh, when you start a brand new campaign, at least it is today, the day that we're recording here, it might change tomorrow. But the point is, is just watch out for those two little things right there, because they will make a big difference in your campaigns. Couldn't agree more. So Keith, let's talk about the last part of this structure, the tiniest dolls that go in the bigger doll that go in the bigger doll, the ads. Inside of every ad set live ads. And at the ad level, that's where you're defining things like format, media, page and links. And what that means is you're deciding whether you want to run a carousel ad, a single image, a video, a slideshow. You're picking the different images that you want to use in your ad you're actually specifying the URL that you want to send traffic to or whether you want to use a canvas or a messenger ad. And that's where you're you're putting your copy in. So, you know, all of the text is placed here within the ad. This is what people actually see on Facebook or Instagram. It's the actual ad. So really with ads, what I recommend is testing three to four images. 
And Facebook will optimize for one of the ads. Facebook will optimize for the ad that's converting best. I know that frustrates a lot of people because it happens fairly quickly, but really we found that it's actually easier to just let Facebook optimize the ad. If you are looking for a true, true split test, then you want to split up the different ads at the ad set level. So you would have you know, an ad set that's just dedicated to one ad creative and you would have another ad set that's dedicated to another ad creative. But if you're just getting started and and really even we usually upload three to four different images that Facebook's going to test and we trust their algorithm. Really at the ad level, what you have is the actual deliverable. What's important to keep in mind is you know, multiple ads or even one ad. Once we go for optimization, sometimes we'll just have one ad in the ad set because that's the winner. But, you know, all of these ads live within each ad set and Facebook is going to test those particular variations based off of whatever parameters you set in the ad set level. Think about it this way too. If you're like overwhelmed and and you, oh my gosh, now I have to create like all these different ads. Well, if you want to start simple, just start with two different images or three different images. Absolutely. And start looking at your data. And then you're going to look at it and you might find out that one ad is getting 90% of the impressions. And then one ad with the other image is getting the other 10%. And, and the third image isn't getting any. Typically after a while, they, they'll all three get impressions. They they, actually, they will. It doesn't seem that way sometimes, especially if you're on really smaller budgets, like Molly said, and they're doing this with the agency with some clients is is they're testing different images or different ad copy versions at the ad set level. So one ad set might be a one audience and there's another ad set testing a different version of the image. But to keep it simple, when you do it this way, if you have, say, three images inside the ad set and then you let Facebook optimize it for you and just be patient a little bit, or if you really want to test one of them, just to, to see how it does and, and it's not getting impressions, then just pause the other one and then it'll start getting impressions. And then when you want to start, say, testing ad copy, then you can make sure you only have one version of the ad image running, right? So you're now you're testing the maybe two versions of the ad copy or three versions of the ad copy against each other down at the ad level. And so that way, you know which ad copy is winning. And that, that's going to be much cleaner and, and simpler and actually a more truer test. Absolutely. So just like you're testing things like targeting or bidding um, at the ad set level, the ad level is all about testing things like copy and your your creative. If you're advanced and you want to start, you know, if, if you see that you get better results with a lot of different ad sets and you want to test different images or ad sets at the ad set level, and just because you don't really care about knowing exactly which one is winning, you just want the lowest conversion costs overall, then go right ahead and do that because, you know, we've seen that work really well. But the way this is set up and the way Facebook wants you to do it, it's really meant to work the way it's laid out. And my guess is the algorithm is going to continue to get better and better. So after you set up these different ad sets and you're testing different audiences, and then you go into the ad level and you really figure out, okay, you know, which variations are working the best? What we do now is we actually create page posts. So if you're in business manager, there's a tab called page posts. And we will take the two to three variations, the highest converting variations of copy and creative and create actual 
posts um, inside of the page post tabs. And the reason we do this is then we can either duplicate all of the ad sets that are working or go in and when you're asked to create an ad, you can either create a new advert or it says use existing post. Well, we'll go into all of the ad sets and go back and select the same existing posts that are converting. And the reason we do this is because when you create different ad sets, even if they're the exact same thing, in each ad set, they're going to be considered a different unique ad. Well, if you create a page post and then you go select that same post from the dropdown and the use existing post tab, then all of those ad sets are going to be running the same ad. And the reason that's a game changer is because now with relevant score, uh, relevant score is based all around the social interaction on the ad. So likes, comments, shares. Well, if you're using one existing post and all of your ad sets, then you're compiling all of that social proof onto one post versus scattering it out among many ads, even though they look the same, um, they're considered unique and different ads because they're in different ad sets. So if you use an existing post and all of those ad sets, all of that social proof will aggregate on that one post and it will increase your relevance score. It will also make it a lot easier for you or your social media manager to really monitor the comments because there aren't eight versions of the ad out there, right? There's just one. So just a cool little tip when you're in the optimization phase and you're wanting to optimize, maybe you're duplicating, creating a new campaign, whatever your optimization process is, create one, two, or three page posts based off of the ads that are performing best and then use those existing posts in each ad set so you can really aggregate all that social proof. You know what? There's actually one other way to kind of do this as well is if you're in the power editor, you're at the ad level and you're looking at your ads, when it's in the preview of one of your ads and say you know one is working really well and it's got a lot of conversions and so it's got some good comments and social proof, you can go hover on the very right side of the power editor. As long as the image is, the ad is showing preview, there'll be a thing called links and you can click that drop down. And then you want to click on manage Facebook comments. So when you click that, it pops open into a URL and there's going to be a number. And that number after post is, is your post ID. And so if you want, you can create another ad set or another ad and you can use existing post ID. Yeah, you can, instead of selecting it from the dropdown, you can enter that ID and find it quicker. It makes managing comments 10 times easier and your social proof adds up 10 times faster. The one thing is, is if you go, let's say you have an ad that's like got a lot of great social proof on it. And then you're like, I want to change the image on that ad. If you change the image on that ad, you lose the social proof. It will reset. Oh, no. Yeah. So just realize that. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> so don't do that. That's the one thing. You can use existing uh, social proof. But if you do change the creative, Facebook will reset the, the comments and, and social proof. So that's it. That, that's a really good little hack for you that we use all the time. Cause, and then once you yeah. do that, you can just duplicate. Really, you know, I think the premise of this episode, and I hope it was helpful for you guys, really understanding the campaign structure and not just to keep yourself organized. It's understanding the structure so that you're best using the platform to get results for your business, you know? 
So you really have the campaign, which is, you know, the the big nesting doll that everything lives in. And that's where you set the objective. That's where you set the goal for the campaign. You know, what what am I really optimizing for? What do I really want? And then inside the campaign are ad sets. And that's where you define things like audience placements and budget. But keep in mind that you want to establish controls across your ad set and test one thing. And and the highest leverage thing you can test at the ad set level is definitely your targeting. And then within those ad sets, you have ads. And that's where you're really testing copy and creatives and the way that the ad actually looks. So if you understand how this works, you can utilize the platform to, to generate the best results. Absolutely. We'd love to hear back from you as well. Check out digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast for the screenshots. And if you're a member of Digital Marketer Engage or Facebook Ads University, or really those are our continuing education communities where everybody is, is bringing in a lot of value and sharing what's winning and what's not winning. We're in there answering questions and Molly and the team yeah. and our team is, is inside of our group as well. So come in and let us know how some of this stuff is working for you and, and then bring your questions as well. We love hearing feedback from you all because yeah. every situation is different. So that's why you got to understand how everything works. And then you can, you know, test little things if you want to do that. See, see how you can improve. And thanks again for listening, guys. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, we'll see you next week for some awesome updates and what's working right now as well. So talk to you soon. Bye bye. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.